Hello, you are listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Chargudiu. This is episode 204. Thank you so much for joining me. Normally, I would be in the WPRK studio. I would have a guest and or guests with me, and we would be speaking live for two hours. It sounds like a lot, and it is. You really get to know the person. Unfortunately, we cannot be in the WPRK studios right now, so I've gone back and I've put together an episode of past guests saying really interesting, smart, and funny things. Who are those guests? Who are those people you're going to hear? There's Katie Patton, Fred Zara, Richard M. Smith, Chantal Watts, Bison and Faust of the Bando 2, Hap Aziz, Liz Dewar, Amanda Wirtz, and Emily Fontano. That's a lot of names. Let's start with the first one, two, three, four, five, six people I mentioned. I'm not going to say it again. Talking about rideshare scooters. You've seen crowdshare cars, crowdshare bikes all over town. What about crowdshare electric scooters? Have you heard about this? No. So it started out in San Francisco. Um, there's a lot of controversy around it because of the inherent danger of somebody just scooting along <laughs> on an electric scooter. Uh, but you can, it's just like the uh, rideshare bikes where you can swipe your credit card or download the app and you can rent it and get from one place to another faster. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. that idea. Parks or rec? So parks? I'd say parks, yeah. Okay. yeah. I like that. I also like that as a, you know, from an entertainment point of view, like jousting, like okay. people jousting on yeah. those things would be yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Um, and you it makes get like a whole event going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes people watching faster <laughs> as well because they're going by much more quickly. So I can see more people per hour. Yes. Than I do right now. <laughs> Not that I, I'm watching people all the time. Definitely going to go tango here. Okay. I rode one. It's funny. This is uh, so odd. Um, is it? Well, it's odd because I saw. Um, I saw the play talk radio on Saturday and now I'm on your talk radio show and I just uh, rode one of those scooters for the first time two days ago. I I mean, they've been around for a long time and I finally first rode one. Well, they just got into Orlando last month. Oh, have they? Yeah. Well, they had the bikes. They had the bikes. um, And the scooters have been around other cities. Like I saw them in Tampa back over the summer, I think. Um, right. But they've been they've definitely been around. But Orlando just recently got them. OK, because so there was one out in front of my house. Yeah. Uh, so we just uh, my wife put the app on her phone real quick and we're going up and down the street. And then I'm, and I'm like, this is this is wonderful. So, yeah, I'm going to go tango. OK. Yeah. And so would you ride one around downtown Orlando? Would no. you ride one just basically up and down your street for fun? Just for fun. OK. Yeah. So I'm not, recreational I'm not, scooting. Yeah. I don't know that I would want, want to do it around traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's hard. It's hard enough to not die on these roads when you're in a car. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll skip it. Uh, the scooters. I like walking. You know, I, I really enjoy walking. If I go to a new town or something, I like to walk, walk around, around yeah. just check it out. You know, um, I think the scooter is a uh, you know not as fun. Is that is walking sort of a uh, time when you're thinking about things, when you're processing? Absolutely. That's your meditative, reflective time. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that's good that you mentioned that because, uh, well, um, I was thinking about that myself. Like, you know, when do I meditate? I realized, yeah. like, yeah, it's when I walk. So I definitely take, you know, some time and you know, walk and 
no music, just the sounds of nature, people, things of that nature. Things like that, and uh, oh, okay, so you're yeah. not listening to any music no. while you're doing that. No, yeah. no. So I can, you know, figure some things out. You know, very nice. So you don't think you could meditate faster on an electric scooter? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um, it's not for everybody. No. I love them. Absolutely, Alvin. We were at a wedding in Atlanta uh, about three weeks ago. Yeah. And I had, this is my first time really ever being up close and personal to these scooters. And I'd always wanted to ride them. And we took every possible time to ride those scooters. It would be, we're at our hotel and we need to go one block down to the CVS. I'm hopping on a scooter. And then we had to do, we were doing a walk down the Beltline through Atlanta. And I know you're not supposed to have scooters on the Beltline, but everybody did. So I hopped on a scooter and went down the Beltline. And they are so fun. So easy to get around, way easier than Ubering, especially if you just need to go, you know, a mile, half yeah. a mile, just hop on a scooter and go. I would love to have them in Orlando. So safety wise, like you're the first person that has actually done them that I've had on the show. Really? So, yeah. So safety wise, was there a lot of concern around it? I know technically you're supposed to wear a helmet. Yeah, you're that. supposed to wear a helmet. Obviously, I don't have a helmet in my suitcase, but... Yep. For Did you me, see anybody with a helmet riding no, those things? Yeah, not one. That's what I felt like. But it's also the same with, you know, most people riding a bike aren't going to have a helmet and things yep. like that. But for me, it's as long as you're not hammered, you know, if you're, if you're drunk or drinking, you shouldn't be riding those scooters anyways. I think there should be more. We were talking to an Uber driver in Atlanta who was talking about the struggles with people getting drunk and riding the scooters. They drive into traffic. They fall. They're getting hurt. It's becoming this big issue. There obviously needs to be some sort of regulations around maybe after 8 p.m. the scooters shut off and you can't mm. use them anymore. There needs to be something to kind of limit the access to them by people who are drinking. But as long as you're sober and you're following the rules and you're riding on the street in the bike lanes or, you know, being careful, it felt perfectly safe to me. Yeah, It maybe hit 15 miles an hour max, which on a scooter feels really fast. But as long as you're being safe and not being, you know, n nonsense... You'll be fine. So maybe like a breathalyzer. Yeah. You know, I, that'd be really expensive, but it'd be really awesome. Yeah. There, but yeah, I think there needs to be a way to limit the access to those late at night. They need to either have like a shutoff time when they can't be used or it needs to be illegal to use them after a certain time because that would really help stop a lot of the, the accidents and, and unfortunately deaths that have happened linked around people mainly using them while drunk. Yeah, so downtown Orlando on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Keep those out of no, there. That would, would be a hot mess. Yeah. yeah. Any of those scooters. Definitely not. There. Tell for me, but I, I guess I get it. Like, I see people use them at UCF all the time. Yeah. So, like, I, for them, I guess that's cool, but I'd rather just walk. I have more control over that, I guess. I don't know. So, I, I've, I've just so many times I've seen somebody commit to riding a scooter, like, down Orange. And then they just change their mind and leave the scooter on the ground and continue walking. <laughs> and so they start out on it and they're like, nope. Right. They're like, well, it's like, hey, I've changed my mind. Or, you know, I'm just, they saw something, maybe a cooler looking scooter. Well, I don't know what they're, la what they're after, what their life is about. But there's a lot of scooters laying on the ground. And uh, maybe they're a tripping hazard. You know, probably a dog pile of scooters is a problem. So if it wasn't for the pile up, okay. you'd be okay with them? Yeah, man, razor scooter all day, man. Shred the hair. Uh, that's what know. I thought. Yeah, do some tricks on it. Do some tricks on it. Around. Yeah, government tricks because they're you know 
Who pays for it? The city pays for it, right? No, no. Those are private companies. Those are private scooters. Yeah. Yeah. Private scooters. Give me discounts soon. if you can do tricks on it. Like yeah. it has like a meter. Yeah. Like if you do like you get points. Like points. You get points like Tony Hawk. If you like your next ride. Yeah, exactly. So if you shred the gnar the entire way, it's free. Yeah, absolutely. The whole way is a grind. Yeah, it encourages you grind that. the entire way to work. Yeah, absolutely. That would you be don't way pay more a dime. I like it. I like it. I think we just <laughs> solved good crowd share scooters, you guys. <laughs> ride share scooters. How do you feel about them? Okay. Uh huh. Great. Hey, I'm Nick. Jorga to you. You're listening to a certain degree. If it felt like we were having a conversation there, it's because we were. And if you like conversations and listening in on them, you'll also like this podcast that this radio show turns into. It's called To a Certain Degree. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's always with people from around Orlando who are doing neat things. Some of the people you just heard from, from Orlando, doing neat things, Katie Patton, Fred Zara, Richard M. Smith, Chantal Watts, and Bison and Faust from the band O2. Let's talk about lies for a second. The lies our parents tell us, our moms tell us, our aunts tell us. Let's go with Liz Dewar first. She is, of course, the amazing person behind the donuts at Orlando. That's D-O-U-G-H. And you can find more about her at Orlando.com, D-O-U-G-H. And then Mushrooms with Amanda Wirtz and Emily Fontano. So Liz, you and I don't know each other very well. We exchange some messages here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very inspired by something that you wrote last year, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about donuts, the donut making process, the year uh, or so that you've had in doing this full time. Yes. Has it been about a year? Yeah, a little over a year. Orlando's been around since Orlando, D-O-U-G-H. Mm-hmm. Has been. I, I'm not going to do that the whole time. Let's okay. just. You should just make it a thing. Do yeah. it every single time. Yes, exactly. Has <laughs> um, been around since 2016. Yes, you've been doing pop-ups. You started the baking process. I'm sure you started baking well before that as well. Yes, I started baking when I was two ish. I don't know. It was like uh, whenever you first start having memories, that's when yeah. I started baking. And my um, I remember that. Yeah, and one of my this. Is now one of my favorite stories, but I felt very betrayed at the time. Um, my mom would always let us make cookies, and she told me two lies that I only figured out. One I figured out when I was five. One I didn't figure out until I was 15 that it was a lie. The first one was um, I had a Fisher-Price little kitchenette. Yeah. So she would be like, well, you have to leave the kitchen for the cookies to bake. And she'd put them in my Fisher-Price oven, and then she'd be like, she'd tell me when to come back into the kitchen because then the cookies would be done. She'd pull them out of my Fisher-Price oven but she'd like put them in the real oven to actually sure. bake. So I walked in on that, the switcheroo happening one day when I was about five and I was like, oh, you've been lying to me about this. That thing doesn't bake anything. And she felt really bad about that, but she also um, was like, well, now I don't have to do that anymore. So that's great. That saves me some time. And then the other lie I was... I eventually was going to have to come out probably. Yeah, it's kind of like Santa. It's like I would figure it out. Wait. She'd hope that I would figure it out eventually. What? Nothing. Uh, the okay. Easter Bunny is also going to be here soon. Yeah. But the other lie was that she told me, and this is actually probably, this is a good lie. Parents should tell their kids this. She said that if you get spit in the mixture, it won't bake properly. So it was her way of getting me not to double dip whenever I would eat cookie dough. 
she'd be like, it won't bake properly. And I believed this until I was a teenager. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Chemicals. chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I was like, oh my God, that's such a good lie. I believed it for so long. That's great. But, you know, now it's obviously good that I'm not spitting in the food that I'm selling to people. So so great to have yeah. that assurance <laughs> yes. from you about I'm a food safety food certified stuff. manager, so <laughs> I know how to wear gloves and wash my hands. It's great. I don't feel good about that. And sm- like, I don't want a mushroom smoothie. I'll have mushrooms and a lot of different things, but yeah. I... A smoothie would upset me. I had a bad mushroom experience when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, a do couple, tell. A couple. Yeah, do tell. So, well. I so, thought you said, I can tell. I can tell. tell. By the I way, you are. By looking at By you. the t-shirt you're wearing that yeah. says F mushrooms. Yeah. 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 That's the one t-shirt I wear. <laughs> yeah. Always. I have a different versions mm-hmm. of them, different colors. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so my sister and I didn't like each other. We were about a year apart, year and a half apart. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was she liked mushrooms on her pizza and I like pepperoni. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't have them anywhere near. Like yep. I couldn't it's even me and pickles. pick them off yep. Yep. and eat it. Mm-hmm. So I was 12 years old and I was like, I'm becoming a man now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a year old. I'm my bar mitzvah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Greek version of that, which is yes. just feta cheese. Yeah. And so. Just a celebration of feta cheese. What, what, why am I doing this? I have to yeah. be more mature now. Yeah. So I was it's up time. in, I was up in Montreal. I'm like, this is a cosmopolitan city. Mm-hmm. Let me have some mushrooms. And what I did was I made the mistake. My, we were visiting my aunt who doesn't cook oh. and asked me if I wanted an omelet. And I'm like, yes. And you know and what? And she asked me about mushrooms. And I'm like, you know what? Yes. Thea, Thea Vanna, I'm. <laughs> I'm nearly a man now. Shout out to Theavana. in France now. Mm. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm man. those mushrooms in. Ate it. I don't know if she washed them. <gasps> I don't know how old they were. I don't know oh, if she no. found them growing somewhere in the oh, kitchen. Boy. And you were like, no. Walking around Montreal, I'm like, this is, I'm cosmopolitan now. <laughs> maybe, and maybe that was the part, because I'm from Daytona Beach. I was yeah. raised in Daytona a, a Beach. Yeah. Yeah, so basically the culture was coming at me, and I'm like, I'm just going to reject this. Here I go. Yeah. Projectile. <gasps> no, no. All over the place. Oh, I boy. will say the idea of a raw mushroom, like when that's on a salad bar, I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing good. raw mushrooms anymore. Shiitakes, forget it. Bye, goodbye. Wait, but you threw up all over Montreal. All over Montreal. I can never go back. No, and you can never bad. have a mushroom again? Uh, it's like going to the movie theater alone. But now you still won't eat... <laughs> You no, still I do eat. eat. I, I will have mushrooms on occasion, but they have to be cooked. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah, and yeah, 100%. If, like it's if it's a choice, like do you want the steak with mushroom or without? I'm going to go without. Got it. Oh. But if it's like mixed into a sauce, it's like well, yeah. okay, yeah, this fine. isn't bad. Okay. Oh. Mushrooms are gross. If there's no other takeaway from this, it's that. I'm Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. That was Amanda Wirtz and Emily Fontano, also known as Amanda and Emily. You can find them on Facebook. They are hilarious, wonderful people. I'm so happy they're a part of my life. I met them through SAC Comedy Lab, which is an amazing space if you've never been, and they are doing their part to make improv safe and, as always, very, very funny for their audiences. So please consider checking them out, SAC Comedy Lab. Amanda and Emily can search for them all on the Facebook. One last piece of work. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if he wants to be described that way. Hap Aziz, the director of learning from Advent Health, is always willing to come on and talk about technology on the show. And we were talking about artificial intelligence as it applies to some of my terrible business schemes. 
which is a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It will continue to be a lot of fun. All right, so let me get the music queued up here because we are going to go back. Uh, well, I don't have some new bad business ideas for you. I have some ones from this year that I thought might be helped by uh, some artificial intelligence. So okay. this morning, Hap is here talking about artificial intelligence uh, in general. And uh, so I wanted to see if we could apply it to some of the bad business ideas from this year. So let me uh, let me play you the theme song because we didn't have this last time. Okay, did. very good. Bad business ideas. It's time to be just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes. Bad business ideas. Very good. And the, and the theme song gives you all the information you need. Everything you need to know. We're right. hoping it's legal. Mm -hmm. We hope it doesn't hurt doesn't anyone. Hurt anyone. Right. Yeah, but it's fine if it does. So <laughs> one of the ideas that we came up with this year, uh, I came up with this year and had some people help me with, was a, a program, uh, something that could analyze your friend group and sort of determine who was the right grouping of friends to go with you to a certain event. Mm -hmm. So from an artificial intelligence, it's called squads and ends. Right. And so from an artificial intelligence standpoint, it would need, uh, again, I think maybe this is a, is it AI or is it algorithm? Mm -hmm. So take a look at your friends, maybe look at their social media footprint mm -hmm. and see who might be a good, uh, you know, match for you as far as an event goes. Well, yes. And you will need AI, not an algorithm, because in this application, I think a little bit of lying will be helpful because not only will the AI help you pick your friends, it will also come up with the lie as to why you didn't select certain other friends. Like maybe you were, you know, I like that you know, it manages your social calendar so you don't have to remember your own lies. You are. So everything you do is through the lens of being an introvert is yes. what I'm hearing <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in terms of this idea. Yes. I like that. And do you think that so obviously what I want to do is structure it in a way that uh, it's sort of like the A-team. So you have your different characters. You have your B.A. Baracus, mm -hmm. you have your Murdoch, you have right. Face. Uh, so the AI would be able to handle that, you feel? I think so. And in fact, if one of the AI's personalities, or at least voices, is your own, you could probably even have someone on the phone talking to somebody, pretending it's you while you're out having a party. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you could cover for yourself. You could cover for yourself. I like that as an add-on to squads and ends. I think that's pretty okay. good. Yes. I think that uh, the other part of that that I like, too, is that if you see an event that's coming up mm -hmm. and you want to get your friends before somebody else gets your friends right. to go with you, you could basically have the AI call, call five them all or six at once, people right. at the same yes. time. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. It's sort of like uh, standing in line, right? You want to be able to get there first. So if you've right. got an event and you want to make sure you get the popular people to your event first, you need to reach out quickly. All right. I'm loving everything about this. All right. Let's move on to the next one. It was called Smokescreen. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is that you have a social media footprint and some of the things you've done, maybe you're looking for a job, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that you've done are going to be more relevant than others. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that you've said might knock you down a peg or two. So there's this idea that, you know, don't say anything on social media that you'll ever regret because it, you know, in many ways it becomes permanent, even if you go back and delete it right. at some point. But what about when, uh, let's say, you're uh, looking for somebody to hire and you're, say, a cat person mm -hmm. uh, and you're looking at my feed 
and I have smoke screen set up so that it's it goes and views you first, and then it's adjusting content on my feeds accordingly. So all of a sudden, I have some funny cat videos, and I have how much I love cats on there and things of that nature. Uh, and it's maybe covering up those posts where I, that I made about cats that were maybe derogatory on some right. level or mm -hmm. something along those lines. What about that? Is that algorithm or is that AI? Uh, that's that's probably algorithm, and there's some there's a danger to that because what, wh wait wait, <laughs> yes. it's I, we established that we're probably not going to hurt anyone. Right. Well, so the, how much of a danger are we talking? Well, about? imagine if two smokescreen <laughs> algorithm algorithms got in touch with each other, and then you had this feedback loop going on. Oh, where they kept that would be amazing. Adjusting their content for each other, and then what would that final you know, you'd probably just get like plain vanilla ice cream or something. Oh, we'd the break the that. internet. Yeah, I don't know. Something would happen. So, so then you would have to apply an AI piece in there to actually know when it was in a loop so it could break itself out. I love that the dangerous part for you is sort of the programming part. And it's not the fact that we're covering up things and making people look different than they actually are. Oh, well, you know, that's just a given. I mean, that was the, <laughs> that, that's the whole point of the business idea. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uh, okay, so how about, uh, so there's two-step authentication, right, uh, mm -hmm. which is getting a little more secure, but mm -hmm. still not as secure as it could be. Mm -hmm. So what I thought about is we're, we're using a lot of um, devices that are basically tracking our movements right now. I've got a smartwatch on. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm also wearing a Fitbit in some cases. I've got my phone in my pocket. Uh, keys can get stolen uh, as far as, you know, they're talking about different USB keys. I think there was a company that was actually looking at uh, you have to take a picture of a certain uh, item that you might have on. Maybe it's a bracelet or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Face recognition, obviously, they already hacked that. Right. Uh, so what about a two-step authentication that's literally a two-step? So you dance and you have your own dance move that is very specific to you because only you know it. Right. So even before you get your phone out of your pocket, you're doing your dance move and your phone's unlocked. Mm-hmm. So it's called Secure Step, and the tagline, I really like this tagline, so I had to read it, Dance Like Everyone's Watching. <laughs> That's good. So I don't know that this is, uh, I mean, I think it's an algorithm, or maybe it's not even. Uh, it's basically just tracking movement mm -hmm. and making sure that the movement uh, tracks. So that's not really an AI uh, or uh, an algorithm. I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Well, you, you could turn it into an AI if you attach mood with it. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little blue and you have a slower uh, two-step type dance, or oh, maybe okay. if you're feeling sort of a little romantic with your AI and, you know, just a slow song, slow song comes on and you're dancing with it. I don't know, a little jazzy sometimes. So maybe. Oh, I like that because you know, now you're actually dancing with your AI right. and having that sort of relationship. Throwing and, a holographic projector in there, and you're you're just you know you okay. Don't, you don't need a person. All right, I, I I'm liking this a lot. Um, it's a little, it's getting a little disturbing again from your uh, from your introvert uh, sort of uh, background. Yeah, uh, it seems like you want to have a relationship with your AI. Well, yeah, because it's it's cleaner. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so one other one, and then we'll get back to uh, to movies, and I'd really like to get back to pop culture for a few minutes. Uh, we have a lot of people spying on us. We have a lot of people trying to scam us, trying to steal our identity. So one of the things I thought of was what if we just switched identities every 20 to 30 days? 
and so could an algorithm basically, if we all subscribe to the same thing, could an algorithm or an AI go ahead and switch everybody around every once in a while, almost like a uh, uh, we're changing seats on a bus, essentially, and keep everybody's identity safe by becoming other people? I, I see a lot of opportunity again for mischief there because if you assume Wait, the identity, yeah, I, this uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> assume the identity of another person. Would you be able to be more? Uh, would you more easily be able to hack into their finances, their bank account? Supposing you assume the identity of somebody much more wealthy than you, then you pretend you're that person and you buy your real identity, some cool stuff, or oh, maybe identities become meaningless, and then. Um, it's like those old Twilight Zone episodes where you had five basic body styles you could pick and you would be one of them. And maybe that's how you obscure your identity. Everybody has the same identity. Oh, that's an even better. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. right. Well, let's do that then. Okay. All right. We'll get to work on that. Everybody has one identity and his name is Earl. Yeah, it's it's sort of along the lines of um, some people will get together in groups and they'll create a fake profile. So anytime they fill out a web form, they all use the same profile so that the same the junk mail goes to the same, you know. Well, and it throws profile. everything else off right. as far as big data goes, which yeah, is exactly. always nice. Yeah. Which we should try to do that. I think that's more of a danger than the AI part. Yeah, down with big data. Anyway, yeah. Hapazese on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick Jargudiu. If you liked this episode, any part of it, all of these guests have much, much more in-depth interviews and conversations at a website called toacertaindegree.com. Check that out. Subscribe to the podcast if you feel like that's something that you want to listen to on a regular basis. Thank you to my guests, Katie Patton, Fred Zara, Richard M. Smith, Chantal Watts, Bison and Faust of the Band O2, Hapaziz, Liz Dewar, Amanda Wirtz, and Emily Fontano. If you like this show, you may also like your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. I'm the Nick, Bob Codges is the Bob, and you can find that at withbobandnick.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely day.